I realized, well, I personally don't care much about newsletters. So I figured my readers wouldn't either. Um, and my, my time was quite limited. I could write the book or I could write the newsletter. Um, anyway, so I, I prioritized the books and it's been a learning journey, very hard. And a um, few disappointments along the way, but many surprises. Um, I got to meet amazing people as well. And um, yeah, learning, I've been learning a lot. <laughs> A whole, whole different life mm -hmm. from what I used, I was used to. Yeah, yeah. Well, the newsletter thing has been a huge debate, um, and it's so funny to me because, like, you know, you'll you'll hear one indie author be like, "Oh, I I live and die by my newsletter," and then mm -hmm. you'll you'll get somebody like um, I believe Michael R. Fletcher doesn't use a newsletter, and I mean, you look at his Obsidian Path series, and mm -hmm. you know, I mean. <laughs> You're doing pretty well, you know, so yeah. I, you know, at the same time, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, he was on Wizards Wars and Words, you know, helping hosts and stuff like that. And yeah, I don't know, you know, he does certain things. So it's just, it's, it's really interesting. It's interesting debate. I still see people don't do it and do amazing. I see other people, you know, they're like, oh, I'll never not do it. Um, you know, there, are, I sign up for quite a few just so I can see what, you know, different people have done. Um, and it's, it's very interesting. There are some where I'm like, oh, I really don't want this newsletter anymore like i just like kind of put it to spam but there are others that i'm like oh this is like really helpful and for me i'm always like well what's the difference you know and i think it's like anything right like you really need to like if you're going to do it you need to figure out what works for you but also works what works for your readers um like i had somebody where i signed up and now they're kind of a bigger name but i mean they like sent me something like every probably three days. I mean, it was just, I had to stop. I was like, this is just, and it was almost the same information like day by day. And I was like, this is just too much. Uh, and then there's other people like my friend, Mark Timoney, who really only send them out um, bi-weekly at the most when he's got something new, but um, he does them pretty well. But, but yeah, it's, it's interesting, right? What works for one person doesn't work for another, but you know, particularly yeah. interesting is a word. <laughs> It would be nice to actually to have some uh, concrete stuff that you know that you know it's going to work. Yeah. I'm always trying new things. I'm not afraid, in, you know, to try new new things. And uh, for the life of me, I, I I see things working with one author, so I'll go and try to do the same, and it backfires, you know, horribly. And um, other times I do things just okay, sure, why not? And then it works. <laughs> and then and then I have to do it more. <laughs> but that's not what I want to do. Um, yeah, if if there's a a pattern to it, if I, I would love to know <laughs> what is the trick. I, I think that's why we're all here, right? And it's it's funny that you mentioned that because you know I had talked a little bit with Lucy McLaren about this yesterday in her interview and then uh, Erica Everett, and you know, we talked about that, you know, where it's like it's so hard to to figure out that pattern and you know like it tiktok's great don't get me wrong bookstagram's great don't get me wrong but most of us don't blow up off of those you know like most of us you know have to actually you know it's almost like you're an old school salesman you know going from door to door um you know like here's my book you know and i met one author recently where he i'm like how do you approach this whole thing and he's been pretty successful and is like on the rise i would say and he's like, well, I literally just see it one reader at a time. He's like, a lot of people, you know, 
try to have their book seen, which is he was, I still do. He's like, but I don't get discouraged when it's not seen by a million views or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we talked a lot about the TikTok algorithm. And we said, you know, like uh, we on here, we always talk about five and 10%, um, because that's what Amazon's really into. And it's really with that whole, you know, like if you can get 200 views, well, that's like, I'll put, you know, this interview on, you know, part of the clips and things on TikTok. Well, some I've gotten, you know, per the three times I'll do is like um, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday um, to help with the audio and the, the video. And I mean, sometimes it's, you know, anywhere from 400 to 700 people, if you add all three TikToks together, you know, and the average is about 200 to 220, 250. Well, that's that many more people that just by me taking, you know, a few minutes each day and just putting a couple of pictures and, you know, the link to mm -hmm. this and, you know, your website that all of a sudden, like, who knows, like out of that 700, you could get 50 people going to your website. And even if you get 20, 25 readers, well, even if you get, you know, let's say five to 10 of those readers are now, they love mm -hmm. your books, you know, and are now readers for life. Well, th that was a really simple thing that, you know, that I did or you did, you know, and I, I think that a lot of times he said, you know, like we take that for granted. He's like, I'm just trying to build a reader at a time. He goes, if I can get five, then you know, or 10, especially from one thing that I do, he's like, you know, I feel a lot more better, you know, I feel a lot better about that. Um, you know, because, you know, some of these people with a million, it's like, yeah, it's great, but it's not the majority of us. So I think, um, mm -hmm. you know, like you said, like trying to find what works for you. And sometimes things work here. And sometimes they don't like, I've done that for the podcast, you know, like I Twitter, I used to get like 150 downloads before 9am um, by hitting up Australia's time zone the day before and doing self-promo Saturday and now yesterday we were at like four you know I got more today than I did from yesterday's self-promo like you know that used to work really well it doesn't now so now I have to now now Instagram's doing a little bit better so I gotta go back to it's like it my friend's like he's like it's like an ocean and a, a ship you're just riding the wave it's to a yourself. lot of work yeah you spend more time doing that than actually writing or yes, yeah. that is the problem uh, I haven't ventured into TikTok yet. I created a, an account, um, watched a few videos and ran and figured, <laughs> no, I would rather go back to YouTube. Um, but uh, more and more, I see the pressure, especially because apparently it works, you know, the, um, more than uh, other platforms. Um, so I am <clears throat> maybe one of those things for <laughs> 2023 will be to venture into TikTok. I don't know. Well, if you are on TikTok and you you find me for author Daniel Kubal, um, yeah. I I like like I said like I like everything, particularly for alum, um, but, but anybody for books, you know that I'm interested in because you know it's it's kind of hard. Like I I'm not really into no, nothing against anybody, you know, unless you're you know like paranormal romance, unless it has paranormal in it, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I want those fantastical elements. That's just what I read, you know. So that's what I want on my TikTok. Um, so mm -hmm. some of those things, some of the spicy books, unless they're fantasy or sci-fi, I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, but, you know, I, in particular, you know, if it's got fantasy or sci-fi um, at all or horror, um, historical fiction or fantasy, I, I mean, I like and reshare everything. Um, so some of my friends are like, you have reposted every video that I posted within the last two weeks. I'm like, yep, not sorry. I'm like, you know, that's, that's how many people might see, you know, your TikTok. Mm -hmm. So I think it, um, and it's nice for me because then I get more authors who I like, you know, and the kind of books I like on my TikTok. So I do have to say in terms of Facebook, like I said, before we got recording, it's been doing better with, you know, 
their algorithm. Like I got a lot of fantasy and sci-fi horror authors now mm -hmm. that are mm -hmm. popping up for my sponsored ads. Um, but yeah, TikTok, their algorithm does a pretty darn good job. Um, yeah, like, you know, even if you only get 200 views, but like if people are, you know, if you're working it right, you can really, you know, start to find yourself a good community and share things back and forth. So I do highly recommend it. I don't think everybody's going to get it. I still post this, you know, stuff about our episode, like I'll do in the spring on there. I'm still hoping that somebody that I post an interview gets a million views because I know that's going to translate <laughs> to book sales. That's why I'm, I'm I, but I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, well, you know, if we can get Susanna, you know, 800 people, you know, viewing her books, I put your book covers right on there in the TikTok. So if we can get them seeing 800 yeah. people seeing product, yeah. Because imagine trying to do that at a show or a con, right? Like, you know, it's great to do, but it's like, it, like how many people are you actually seeing? That might be a whole weekend, you know, versus yeah. just one little click, you know, and you can get that. Imagine if you did that three times a week, you know, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, then you're into maybe 3000 people you know, have seen those. So it gets kind of interesting after a while. But mm -hmm. and for our audience, what genre or genres do you currently write in and why? Well, uh, initially, so uh, to put it into context, so timelessness was originally just Weird Gods. Weird Gods was this massive draft uh, that, I, that I wrote and it was part of a trilogy because, you know, like all fantasy authors, they get carried away, and then when I, when I decided to uh, um, to self-publish, I realized that I couldn't afford the editing. Mm. Um, and a friend advised me, "Well, you should turn it into a series. At, at least that you you can at least publish one book a year and you get momentum, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. So it, it took a bit of a, a lot of revision, to be fair, but. Um, that's what what I did. I, I started um, so weird gods. They had all the same story pretty much until the middle of Anamnesis, mm. um, and then the rest kind of had to patch it up together at the end. And, and anyway, um, I kind of lost track. What was the question? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, what genre or genres do you currently write in? Yes. Uh, sorry. So, and, and I, um, the idea was to, um, with God's was slipstream, but mm. once it came out, I, for the life of me, I always had to explain what it was. Mm. So I just uh, simplified into mythological fantasy or mythological science fantasy, oh. um, or just these days it's just fantasy because it's just, it's simple. But the, the original idea was to create um, something different. Everyone says, well, write the book you'd like to read. Yeah, That's what I did. I wanted to create a, a puzzle book. I wanted to create a book that had elements from fantasy, from mythology, from science fiction, from horror, mystery, um, literary fiction. I want it all. And uh, well, uh, I'm not saying that I succeeded because it's my first book. So it's quite flawed in some aspects, you know. But um, uh, I succeeded in some aspects, failed in others, but that was the idea. It got, the best thing about dividing it into several books was that, okay, the first one, eh, but then I had time to revise the second and the third and the fourth, so it gets better. I think by, by the middle of Nephil and Zach's, um, it's Slavestream. So <laughs> it's, just, it's getting there. Um, so yeah. 
that was the original idea. Well, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, well, <laughs> I definitely understand that. There were a couple of things there where, you know, like my friend, he was always teasing me because I was like, oh, I'm just going to do a novella of my own fantasy world. And now that book has turned into a trilogy and I'm like about to be done with draft two's outline and you know, hopefully be done with that by the spring and send it to betas and then an editor. And he was just teasing me yesterday. He's like, I thought that was, he goes, how's your novella coming? He always says, he goes, how's your novella coming? Uh, so just despite him in my urban fantasy, I broke up, um, oh, three different short stories into three prequel novellas. So he's always teasing me. He's like, where's that? How's that short story coming? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> you know, exactly. uh, so I definitely understand that one. But it's interesting, though, I, I do want to point out because you're one of several authors that have said this within the last couple of um, uh, weeks, actually. It's funny how like people kind of get clumped together. It must be like a thing. Um, but you mentioned, you know, having to split your book, you know, book up because of editing costs. Um, mm. And that's that's where like, I find myself. And I'm like, well, I want to get, you know, um, certain stories out there. And we had a um, it's kind of like a marketing scheme where we're like, OK, well, we could do an anthology. And then, you know, I was looking at prices. I was like, well, it actually is cheaper for me to break this up into three prequel novellas already have them beta read it then edited separately and then put together as a final product and then we'll, i'll have four products instead of three um so just want to point out to the audience that you know if something you're looking at doesn't working you could always do something like that or do what you did you know and break up that bigger work you know like you said it took a lot of work and a lot of revision uh but mm -hmm. at the same time you know i do think that i've seen quite a few authors do that you know and you know, do a lot better because instead of just having one product, you know, then you have multiple. So I think that, um, I think that that's smart. Um, do you think that that worked better for you then, like in terms of getting a readership or? Well, we'll never know. Uh, um, I had more time to experiment, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't do any marketing or advertising for the first book. Gotcha. Um, very much at all. So that was a big mistake. I did a little bit more with the other one. So uh, with each publication, um, I got more sales and more visibility. And now I'm, I'm trying to um, mark the series as a whole. Mm. Uh, I'm even thinking of um, releasing a, a new edition of it all just in print. Um, but who knows, that is part of the the secret project that we kind of talked about, we'll, oh, yeah, yeah. we'll see. There's been a, an opportunity that I, I can't uh, turn down, I don't think. Um, so it gives more options, you know, because if you only have one book and you release the book, and if the book fails, there's no sequel, there's no alternative, what we're gonna do, you're gonna take it out of, um, of, 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 of print or, or you just unpublish it change the title, change the cover, try again. I know some people do that, but um, yeah, I, I didn't want to do that. I, I'm here for the long run. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it was fine to work and learn little by little every year. That was my goal. I wanted to publish one book every year. And I managed to do that. Even got a, a little novella in between that started as just a chapter and turning to 20,000 words, <laughs> so I was like, sure, why not? Um, and um, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. And uh, if it was the right choice, but I'll, I'll never know. Some people tell me, uh, no, no, you, you did it all wrong. You should have uh, started you know, 
create your social media accounts long before you even started writing. But when I started writing, I, I wasn't concerned about all those things. I wasn't even thinking about publishing or marketing. I was just, you know, I, the things that I was worried about was, you know, grammar, um, how to get the story across, how to yeah. build this character. So, yeah. yeah. Um, in, in hindsight, yeah, sure. So many things I could have done better or could have gone differently, but um, it, there's no point even considering it. I am here now and yeah. uh, the next book will be, no, I'm already talking about it. I, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> probably it will come out in, uh, in 10 months, but I'm already talking about it. So if at least I'm doing that right now, I don't know. <laughs> You, every time you you just do better and you know better you know better and you continue my my friend said it's a lot like parenting he's like ah you don't know what you're doing it's <laughs> made a mistake he goes then you hopefully go back and fix it and don't ruin your kid too much and he goes that's how i feel about my books parenting must be harder because you can always go back and edit your books or <laughs> no you can't go back and edit your kid i was stunned when he said that i was like i was like what <laughs> uh, yeah it's really funny um he goes yeah that's where i'm at and he goes in publishing and in life with my kids so it was really funny um but yeah, it's just i've seen a lot of people you know i've talked to a lot of people recently um at least five authors within the last month i would say who um did not do what you did who just did the one bigger book and, you know, and they even, they had newsletters, they had these things and it just did not do well. So mm -hmm. they, you know, cut it apart, did all that work that you did and then mm -hmm. rebranded and then, you know, did some other things and that seemed to work a lot better for each of them. So I just, okay. I just was curious. Um, I just personally think that that was, I think that was a, a really good idea on your mm -hmm. part personally, because I've seen that for many authors over the last year and a half where that that just worked a lot better for them um particularly if they didn't have a big newsletter or you know following or you know didn't have whatever you know like um travis uh i was talking about travis on here um who wrote legends and lattes you know like he was an amazing audible narrator right did that for seven years obviously knew a lot of people from you know um, the book community and then you know writes his book in three months and then you know it does super well um, you know, and I'm just like, well, but that's, again, that's not most people, you know, like most exactly. people don't have to do X, Y, and Z like us, you know, and, you know, um, so I just think that, you know, you, you know, like you talked, we, we said earlier, question one, right, you know, you really need to think about what works best for you and then, you know, and then go from there, but it just, it's, it is interesting. It seems like it's a market trend where, people want more products you know <laughs> people that's where like I we were like well do it do I do an anthology or do I all of a sudden do three and then do a special edition anthology and then we were like well we can make some money back like I found out um I was really happy CT Phillips um who I had on here before he actually messaged me um like a pre-made cover site um which actually I really liked your colors I have to say, um, Everything is color color. <laughs> oh man. So I, 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 that was like on my mind. So I do have to say, I do have to tell you firsthand, I stole your color scheme a little bit. I just, <laughs> I love the opposing colors there. And I was able to find one. We were able to find a couple with the opposing colors. And I was like, oh, this would be so cool, you know, to do for, you know, the different ones. Cause there's a lot of, 
I just love the the opposition of you know forces yin and yang and stuff. Um, so I just I just was like I said to my friend I was like well I'm interviewing Susanna and this is her cover. I'm like I just love having like we have like a really cool blue and yellow um, that we found which is really cheap over like a sword or whatever. And I was like it's minimalistic, but I'm like it's really cool. So I think we're gonna go with that. And then we have like the opposing ones on the other ones. Well, but you should really I? I'm a huge fan of um, simplicity. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. classic stuff. Yep. You, you yep. can't go wrong. You know, orange, um, blue, you, you can't go wrong. It's the classic, it's, yeah. we always respond to that. And then yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, the whole series, the whole covers, um, more than the images in the covers, the colors yeah, was yeah. very important to me. The, even in the books, color is important to some oh, degree. Cool. Everything is symbolic. <laughs> so I, I do pay a lot of attention to that. And uh, I'm flattered that you like the cover so much. And you, you oh, it was cool. Right. It was cool. <laughs> I showed it to my buddy. He's like, oh, that is really neat. Because we're always, the two of them are always, they're, they're, they're part of my readership, right? Like they mm -hmm. um, ingest a lot of, you know, different fantasy, sci-fi and horror, um, you know, and they're the audience that I want. And they're also really good friends because if something's really crappy, like, I'm like, hey, check out this cover. They're like, I don't like it. Or if I'm like, hey, read this. They're like, yeah, we hated that. And it's because of X, Y, and Z. Or I really like that. Like, if they like something, I know that, you know, like, they're the particular community I want to, part of the community I want to attract, you know, mm -hmm. uh, like that. But yeah, they were both, like, really liked uh, your covers. So um, yeah, one of them was like, yep, I already got Weird God. So I'm like, okay, yeah. cool. Uh, we got one. We got one for you, Susanna. So, you got one. Yeah, I got you in my cart. Actually, and my uh, my mom, she's like, she's like, she's so funny because I'm like, I just want my family knows me. I'm like, I just want Amazon Kindle cards at this point. I used to want like Barnes and Noble and stuff, but we're running out of room at my house because of the baby. And I just mm -hmm. I bought many books the last couple of years from friends. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of indie community down here, guys. Let me tell you. Uh, but Kindle's like my new thing. Uh, I've been really into it. So she's like, oh, your your presents on the way. I'm like, oh yes. I'm like. By like Tuesday, although in my cart, I should be able to get out of my Kindle. So it's in my cart. So as soon as I read that in the spring and uh, get to review that, I'm doing a lot of reviews for the channel. Um, I got a lot more time on my hands because I'm t retracting a lot of my mm -hmm. jobs, um, side gigs mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, so I'm really excited to read Weird God and then um, have it on the channel. So as soon as that's up, uh, I'll let you know. They're all going to, just for the audience and for you, are going to be no spoilers. Um, I can't stand when people do that and then don't to let you know. Uh, so I don't do that. But maybe, you know, maybe in this, you know, um, in the summer, we could have you on for season three and do a spoiler. <laughs> That'd be really cool. So after I read Weird God. Well, that'll give me enough time to read your book as well. So. Oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, we um, I went to so I went to send the beta out to just a few people. And then I'm so glad I didn't get like my actual beta list ready yet. I have people that I have to contact. So I'm going through and I'm just formatting on Word. So I just figured I'd send it. A lot of people just want it as a Word document. And so I go to send it to my three friends um, who are part of my betas. And I'm looking at this one chapter and I'm like, where are like 3,000 words? I can't find it anywhere. Like, oh, no. I, so I, I'm like, oh. so I like, had a friend that was going to help me edit and I'm like well now I have to like rewrite it next week just for that section so I was like I was so disappointed I was like okay this product is not done so I like have to go back 
because I have uh, halfway done with draft one for prequel novella two and three. I have like really, really outlined and stuff. But yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. I was like, I was so disappointed in myself. I was like, seriously. So yeah, it was. I uh, just want everybody to know in the audience, you got to really make sure that you you know, have multiple copies, digital copies of it. Otherwise you're going to be in the same boat as me. Have a copy of a copy of a copy. Yep. And then, and then you, you can do, I <laughs> hope you don't do what I did, my, my worst blunder. So I've never lost um, any chapters. Fortunately, I always have copies of copies of copies because I'm that paranoid, but uh, <laughs> it was about six months ago. I don't know how I managed to, um, I was uploading. So I, when, after I published the last book, uh, I had it all, you know, I had a collection of typos and things that over the years people have pointed out. So I you know, went through all the files, corrected everything, and then uploaded them again, or so I thought. But such is my organization skills that I managed to upload the original versions, the ones with all the typos. And so for about two months, they were for sale like that before because then people contacted me and they say, oh, there's a, there's a typo. Like, I corrected that already. <laughs> and uh, seriously, my I I part of me just, just collapsed that day. Um, yeah, that was yeah. almost catatonic and, and just, so yeah, that, that, that was bad. So there, there is such a thing as too many copies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> them all in the same, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> Um, so instead of 2022 or 20, I don't know what I did. I don't know. Anyway, it's all <laughs> fixed now. I promise. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, that, that was bad. Um, anyway. so <laughs> and everyone has all the stories. Yeah. Well, there, there is some where I'm like, one of my friends is like, oh, I don't remember what happened, but his was up there for like four months like that. And he was just like. He goes, I guess that says a lot that so many people bought the book and just didn't care, but it was like, it made me look so, he goes, I just, I can't believe that people left it up there for four months. He goes, nobody contacted me. It wasn't that bad. It was just a few typos, you know, but yeah, yeah, yeah. still for us, you know, at least for, for me, oh, as yeah, well, yeah, yeah. especially I, I, I take great care uh, because I oh, know not not being an English native, it's the same in every writer group, in every in every conversation with writers. You know, even just talking, sometimes I make the grammar mistake, and they go like, "Well, you do that, and then your books this and that." And it's always the thing they're gonna nitpick about. You know, it's it's a draft for crying out loud. Tell me about the characters. Tell me about yeah, the yeah, pacing. Yeah, yeah. You know, yep. their stifles. Yes, it's a draft. Move on. But no, it's always the same that they go. So I, 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 tr I really tried to make sure that it was clean. And after three years, finally, I think I caught them all. And then and that happens. And it was such a slap in the face. It's like, oh. So, but in a way, it kind of cured me. Because now I'm a bit more relaxed about it. <laughs> I see, you know. I see authors doing mistakes all the time. I mean, yeah, yeah. why not? We, yeah. we write the most. So of course, we're going to make the most typos. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, if you can, if, if that makes me a bad writer, then well, fine. Um, I never realized that. that I is give up. Yeah. <laughs> the most you're make, if you're doing something the most, you're going to make the most mistakes. So that actually, yeah. that actually makes me feel a lot better now about all my mistakes yeah. I've made. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that's funny. Well, we'll go with that third one there, Susanna, which is actually my favorite one to talk about people and their works in particular. So I was curious at what is your timelessness? What are your timelessness books about? And how did you come up with this idea? Oh, this is the hardest question to yep, answer. Actually, <laughs> I, I, I wrote it down a bit because, well, I have answered um, similar questions many times and it, it's always hard because timelessness is <laughs> a, a compilation of uh, 20 years worth of ideas. Oh, wow. So it's uh, very hard to pinpoint. I mean, it wasn't just yeah, yeah. Oh, this idea, I'm going to write this book. No, it's it's been in the works for, for about 20 years. It's a combination of um, my love for mythology and psychology and just the weird in general. And um, if we're going to pick an origin, it actually, it started, um, it started as uh, a time travel, sorry, so um, alternative um, history, sorry, about time traveling to trees. Um, there was this tree at a, a graveyard in Oxford where I used to live before moving here. And uh, this yew tree with hollow inside. And I would just spend a lot of time there when I was walking my dog and just thinking, oh, it would be a cool idea, probably inspired by, you know, Outlander or something, you know, if you yeah. can travel through stones, why not trees? Yeah. And um, the first, first draft of, um, of Weird Gods, as it is, it was um, based on that, on going back into... You know, I did a whole research of the oldest trees in the world and where they were located and then et cetera, et cetera. And I had to stop because I realized I was spending more time doing the research <laughs> than actually writing the book. Yeah. And the book itself sucked because all I was doing was the old trope of, oh, let's go back to the past, change things, shit happens, you have to go back and put it back together. <laughs> no. So I, I went back to my roots and one of the first stories I wrote, I was about 12, 13, was um, about um, gods, gods and aliens. Uh, it was this, <laughs> um, this mashup of Greek and Norse mythology when they encountered different pantheon that are actually aliens and uh, oh, cool. um, very outlandish. Uh, I don't have a copy of it, sadly, but I, the idea always stick with me. And, I used to kind of write just as thought exercises, conversations between gods um, yeah, for no reason. And I just like to play with, uh, um, with characters, you know, when <laughs> just the way my mind works. And uh, so I, I, I combined that with gods and it still wasn't working. You know, I like it better because one of the things that, um, puts me off about um, modern day tales of mythology is when you bring the gods into our reality, into our present, they always feel diminished to me, that something is lost. So I had to write about mythology in their environment mm. and still make it, you know, outlandish or, you know, sci-fi enough to be appealing because otherwise, you know, again, it has been done before, the myths exist. Yeah. I wanted something beyond that. And I, and I needed a third ingredient. Um, so here comes androids and the undead, 
which was part of a little horror story that I wrote again back in high school um, about these, um, these undead creatures, not quite um, zombies, not quite um, ghosts. You'll see the dark are not quite different. And then, yeah, I just combined it all um, with an end gold. And <clears throat> it is a lot. Um, I, I took a lot of shortcuts, um, half my cast being gods, everyone has a, an idea of, of you know, every, every, thanks to Marvel, everyone now has an idea of, uh, of most of them. And um, yeah, just, just cook it all together. Gods, aliens, androids, undead, and timelessness was born. Well, that's cool. That's a pretty good crackpot right there. If you're it is, it is, yeah. <laughs> you said some words there, some key words there, as my friend always likes to say, my teaching friend, uh, where people are going to perk up and be like, "Oh, that's really cool." So yeah. Well, I, I just really liked um, when I, like I said, after I saw your cover, I really liked your blur. But I was like, "Yeah, this is definitely for me." I always really love. There's um, oh, a Stargate SG One episode, you know, where <laughs> the yeah they. Yeah, the oh my god, why can't I think of who I'm trying to think of what character it was now? Uh, it wasn't Thor, but it was like one of the Asgardians that was dressed like Thor. Um, no, more, it, it, it was Thor, yeah. Was it Thor? Okay, I, I, thought, yeah. I was getting my TV shows mixed up. I just thought, like, I thought that was so cool, and yeah, and I, I really liked in um, Agents of Shield, you know, where they had like um, they have like the spear and um. Yeah, they're like, it's like an ancient spear, but really it's an Asgardian weapon, uh, more powerful Asgardian weapon. And I just thought that was so cool because, you know, there's like, there are like some interesting, um, you know, mm -hmm. historical accounts of, you know, one, you know, Viking warrior with a very interesting spear. And then they go to the actual fortress. And it's interesting to me because I had um, went to a talk with one of the archaeologists that went and there's actually calcified glass there. Um, which makes you wonder, like, did he have a spear? <laughs> like, you know, like yeah. that did something really cool. Like, cause why would there be calcified glass on all these strategic points? Mm -hmm. And it'd be just like you were, you know, invading this fortress. So to me, it was like, it was just so interesting when they did the Marvel story. Cause uh, then I found out through a comic book friend of mine that whoever had originally written that for Marvel um, had apparently like listened to the same archaeologist that I did and watched the same documentary um, on that battle so it was cool so when I was reading you know your blurb I was thinking of the Stargate, Stargate SG-1 episode and the Asgardians and I was thinking of you know the Marvel and that that's so, excellent oh, that's cool. Stargate was a huge influence especially Stargate Atlantis Oh yeah, it's funny because that's that's uh, what um, Erica Evram was just saying to me yesterday afternoon, and that was that's one that I haven't gone back and rewatched recently. It's actually in my queue. I just been so busy with everything, especially writing and uh, stuff. So it's it's actually in my queue for when the baby comes. Uh, I got that. <laughs> Other shows were uh, oh Farscape's another one. Um, Farscape, oh huh, yeah. I think the one that I watched actually, I always thought I watched the original with my grandpa. I don't think I did. I think we watched the, what was it, the Farscape, the Fomerian Wars, or whatever the one was after that. Um, it was like, uh, yeah. it, it was to get now. Yeah, well, they actually have it on the Roku channel, um, and then it's also on. I want to say it was on Amazon Prime. 
um, but they didn't have the newer one. Not in my room. <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. I was like, this is for free. I was like, we've been trying to find, you know, like hoping somebody made a DVD collection at some point, mm -hmm. but as far as I know, they haven't yet. Yeah, so it's interesting. You have to like actually find a place to stream them. And yeah, it's really hard. But yeah, that's in my queue because I'm like, oh, that really, especially the newer Farscape, uh, the one that came after that, it was like, that was the one on the sci-fi channel that, you know, really got me interested that and then I remember Stargate SG-1 in particular but yeah Stargate Atlantis I started to watch and then I think I ended up I don't know what had going on those couple of years I must have been you know in high school or something and working and you know hanging out and doing whatever around town but yeah that's one I definitely want to go back to I, I love the whole Atlantis thing so anytime you can bring in you know sci-fi into that mythology to me is really cool so well that sounds awesome and really excited about that again absolutely love the cover there so that really gave me some some really cool ideas um i, I never actually answered the, the question so to, oh, to summarize time timelessness uh all that cooked together uh but it can you can summarize it as psyches the goddess of the greek goddess of the soul journey through the norse underworld so oh. um, the tagline for the series that just finally got it settled is Psyche needs um, to find her way out of Niflheim before the end of eternity. And yes, I, that kind of explains it all pretty much. It is, it is a very introspective um, journey. Lots of metaphor, lots of uh, stuff happening that you don't know if they're real or if they're dreaming or if Oh, and if they're imagining the yeah it's psyche's journey through the north health pretty much so. if anybody needs anything other than that you're probably on the wrong podcast so <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't get much weirder you know yeah, exactly. awesome. i love the title too like weird gods that to me like i was just like mm. oh, such a cool title um yeah it was the thing that that, that that i was saddest about when i had to divide the books I had to come up with titles for the other books. That makes sense. Yeah. I just I, I wanted Weird Gods to be the name of the the series, but then it would just be too confusing. So I just went with timelessness. But Weird Gods was um, I have I have my husband to thank for that actually. It was his suggestion. Oh, okay. um, making a pun because he's a huge Terry Pratcher fan. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, so like, well, yeah, that actually fits. So um, yeah. I was very proud of that. Yeah, it's cool. I love Terry Pratchett. <laughs> the Color of Magic had to be one of the best books I've read like ever. So I actually have the other, I have a bunch of the other ones and I just, I feel like I got really distracted with my own writing. So that's another one. I I, I bought like 10 of them right in a row and I had to go back mm -hmm. to them. But yeah, that was really good. Let's find the time. Yeah, I know, right? Especially my, well, I said to my friend, I was like, my my reading is really taking a hit. And he's like, Dan, you, you know, in a little over a year, you have two seasons worth of a podcast. And then he's like, you know, you also have, you know, several books that are, you know, the drafts done. He goes, you have three others that are halfway done. You know, I'm like, he goes, you have probably 20 outlines. I'll never be done with I love when people are like, oh, I have writer's block. I'm like, nope. I'm like, I always have too much to write. I just go from one project to another. So I at least get something done, you know, inching. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I was like, okay, that makes me feel a little bit better. But yeah, it's definitely a series I have to go back to. Uh, so when it comes to your world building, 
what steps do you take to make your world feel unique? Um, well, I already answered part of that. Um, basically, to you know, to simplify, I I uh, used Greek mythology. I took most aspects from Greek mythology and I put and I used Norse cosmology because I I love Greek mythology. I love the gods. Love the stories, but in terms of world building, is very limited. It's a Mediterranean. There's not much going on. Meanwhile, in Norse mythology, you have the nine worlds. Yeah. So many possibilities. So I figured, well, we're going to do that. And then, yes, then I added uh, androids and the undead to the mix. The undead, because of course we were in the underworld, and uh, aliens, because we always have to have aliens for me. Yeah, so. I think that that made it pretty unique. You know, yeah. there's, there's also it's all based on realms. So uh, there's there's also the realm of dreams, the realm of, yeah. But uh, if you're gonna visualize it, just you know, imagine a Greek myth happening somewhere in Niflheim. That's saying. Yeah, oh, sums it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is very unique. I mean, I feel like that really, because if you said, you know, if you said Nordic mythology, you know, I feel like people are like, oh, okay, you know, that's been done. But if, you know, if you explain it like you just did, you're like, okay, that has not been done. <laughs> like that really, you know, you, but it's so nice. So much to explore. Of, yeah. And you have a lot of character um, and world building. When you talk about those things, I think already done in people's minds, you know, like I think mm -hmm. you, easily set reader expectation right mm -hmm. away uh, if you explain it that way so yeah that's that's a good combination right there I think if you put those things separately I don't you know, on a list I don't know if I would have put them together so I think that um you know that that makes a really interesting recipe I think again using I'm, I'm hungry because I haven't had breakfast yet so clearly it's seeping <laughs> in uh, and we're crock potting later today to get ahead for the week Sunday's so a crock pot day so that's my metaphor for today I guess but yeah, I think that makes a really interesting recipe for, you know, really good world building. And you already have, you know, some, I mean, you have so many great stories, right? And people and, um, mm -hmm. you know, um, there's just, I feel like there's so much you could pull on there, you know? And Yeah, I, that's why I said I, I took a lot of shortcuts. Uh, basically, everything happens after what we know about mythology. So thousands mm -hmm. of years in the future. So I tried to... To, to write it in a way that if you don't know anything about mythology, you'd still understand the story. But it is true that those who do know the stories, the myths, either Greek or Norse, they will understand the book a lot better. They would catch all the little Easter eggs hidden here and there. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, I'm not saying that I regret it because I, I didn't want to uh, rewrite the myths. But looking back, if, if, there's, if there was one thing that I would pinpoint as, oh, you know, I, I, I could have done this better, would be a bit more um, <laughs> kind for the readers that don't know anything yeah. um, and just dive in completely lost. Uh, it will everything, everything will make sense in the end, I promise. But I, I do understand that people sometimes come to me and say, you know, this I'm so lost, it's so confusing. I'm, I don't understand this book yeah. at all. And, and I understand why they don't understand. 
you know, like I can say is, well, persevere, it will make sense. Um, but yeah, I could have made it easier. But, mm. you know, <laughs> live and learn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, amen to that. <laughs> I feel like I'm learning <laughs> all the time. Uh, so when it comes to exciting characters that readers can relate to, what do you do to ensure that readers will be able to connect with them and then cheer them on in your story? Or boo them? Uh, well, mm, mm, kind of like the world building, I, I cheat. <laughs> <laughs> so I already said that half the cast is, uh, you know, figures that we already kind of know, or at least we recognize the names. And... Um, other part of the cast, they are based on archetypes. So I, um, because it is all very allegorical, I, I do cheat a lot in that <laughs> regard. If, if you go and, and study the characters, you, you can line them up perfectly um, with certain archetypes. Other than that, and especially, you know, because then there's the other, you know, it, it's helpful that way, but then you have to work with the expectations people have of the characters. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Everyone expects Zeus to be a certain way and Loki to be another, thanks to Marvel. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you have to really give them a character, you know, otherwise. So I, I just, I, I make them as flawed and uh, complex and flawed and reliable as possible. Um, I make them ambiguous, I make them petty. Um, their motivations um, sometimes are hard to understand. They are not human mot motivations, but at the same time, you can understand. I, I try to put the reader in their point of view. You imagine yourself if you were, you know, had all this power, all this talent, you can do whatever you want and suddenly you can't or you can, but you shouldn't, you know, how do you go about justifying the things you do or don't do? Um, you know, what motivates you after thousands, hundreds of thousands of years of ex existence, you know, you, you will be bored, you know, what else is there to do, you know? <laughs> um, all those things. And um, so it is It is hard to, to, um, to come up with all those scenarios, but at the same time, uh, at, at the heart of it, they are very flawed, very human, and everyone can relate with that, with whatever need each has. Um, for example, Loki um, is not just the, the Marvel trickster. I've, I made a conscious decision um, to make it a bit more faithful to the mythology, so he's a father you know, he's very concerned with Fenrir and Hell and Jormungan. And um, and I remember at the time when I started writing the first draft, I was part of this writing group and people came to me and say, hey, you know, this is a huge mistake. You, you can't portray Loki as a father. You know, it's not going to work. It's not, it's not, uh, you know, you, you can't make it sexy and a father. You can't, uh, you can't make the, the trickster and have him feel responsible for some and and I I, I left the group because <laughs> I was like no this is not what I want to do yeah. let other people you know write Loki however they want you know sexy and sexy crazy you know whatever this is my Loki 
Yeah, and yeah. It, it still has all the trickster characteristics, but it was very important that um, his redeeming quality, so to speak, would be that he is a father. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's something that people can relate to. Yeah, being a, a sexy um, god trickster heartthrob, probably not, but being mm -hmm. a father and having his own machinations to help his kids or whatever. I mean, you know, more people can relate to that, I feel like. So I think that it, it made him a lot more dangerous, serious as yeah. well. He's still the prankster, but the, the, there's a lot more to it and the chaos, the, the chaos that ensues from it, it's uh, it's at a much larger scale, I think. <clears throat> but you know, no spoilers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so getting into spoiler territory. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, and I love as well uh, to make them more reliable. Um, I always give them the benefit of the doubt. So there's always a redeeming quality. There's always, there's always something that either I'm not telling or I'm not showing the reader, there's always some motivation. I love when people come to me and say that they've changed allegiances throughout the books <laughs> without, without knowing you know, who was right or who was wrong, or they're both right, they're both wrong. I don't know what's happening here. And that is life. You know, there's no right and wrong. What is wrong for someone is gonna hurt someone else. And yeah, there's a lot of that. And everyone can relate with that to either be in a position where you are, you know, um, harmed by something, you know, you suffer the consequences of something that had nothing to do with you, or you do something without realizing the consequences that it's gonna happen. So especially, and then when you're dealing with gods, the consequences are massive sometimes. Yeah. So that's how I make them relatable. Small scale, big scale, it's all the same. Yeah. It's all decisions, conflict. Yeah. Well, I think you did the right thing with Loki there. Sounds more interesting. You see the same thing over and over again. It's like, okay, well, <laughs> no, I just, it gets boring after a while. I think that's why I, I like a lot of, you know, a lot of different fantasy and sci-fi books, you know, because people have, particularly indie, you know, I think people have really, you know, they're like, I've seen this a hundred times, you know, and there are certain things I liked of it, but I want to do this. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I understand that. I'm like, I, I like a unique story. If everybody's telling the same story, regurgitated over and over again, the same characters the same way, it's like, it gets really boring after a while. So, and then people are going to stop reading about those characters. So I think what you did was really mm -hmm. smart. Uh, okay, this is an interesting one for you in particular because of your books. So if you could visit any part of your own fantasy world, where would it be and why? Um, the Nymph's Bosom. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a very special realm. Um, so the way the, the world is built, so it's, it's Niflheim, but it's uh, in Asia, which is like a, a defrosted area of Niflheim due to reasons and things, you know, all, where all the, the Greek mythology creatures inhabit because otherwise it's too cold. But there's a, there's a special realm there where pretty much everyone always ends up. Because uh, that's the saying, I, I created a complex world, but a very small world as well. And I'm always recycling the same locations as the story progresses. Um, so every time they're there, there's always differences. The, the setting, it's almost another character. 
oh, it makes cool. sense when you read it. Yeah. Anyway, this this particular kind of side in this realm was created by a by a different god, and it's always very warm there. There's lots of hot springs and caves, and there's there's a library, and no one goes there because everyone thinks that it's cursed. Uh, which is great. <laughs> so, yes, that's where I would uh, spend most of my time, just in the warmth, in the hot spring, with a book. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Speaking of writing <laughs> retreat or a gaming retreat, that sounds awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sounds like a writer's paradise right there. You get a lot of work done there. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's really cool. Uh, if you could have any skill or magical power from one of your characters, what would it be and why? Oh, that is uh, that is a tricky one. Well, it's not. Um, so the way the magic system work, systems work is uh, every god has their standard powers, you know, their godlike powers, some more than others. And then every god has a talent, a special talent that, uh, you know, it's not that no one else has, it's just they're very good at it. But I think I would choose the ability to teleport pretty much, oh, or translocate, cool. I'm sorry, to translocate mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, most of them can do that and it would be very useful. Yeah. Uh, you know, just, yep, I want to go, you know, for traveling would be great. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. translocate whatever you wanted. If you were in a social, uh, in an awkward social situation, you could just, you know, <laughs> yes. That would be the, my ability of choice, I think. Especially as a writer, think of how many more books you could sell, right? Like you could go to each writing convention. Or, you know. <laughs> just, yeah. you know, no, no losing time now, it would be great. Yeah. And, and they use it a lot to just get away from bad situ- situations. It's just, oh, uh, sorry, I have to go. go. <laughs> um, I am very jealous of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be a good one. I got two nephews in Michigan. My family's there. So if I go, it's a 50 minute, like I have to drive, you know, at least like, well, like here we have a, a flights. It's usually pretty hard in our town. So I have to go to like Syracuse. I have to like drive an hour, do the thing and then go and then wait, you know? And so it's usually still even like a 50 minute flight still, you know, about a three and a half hour affair uh, there and then back. And then if I drive, it's eight and a half both ways. So yeah, that would be one that I would really want. I can just be like, Hey guys, how's it going? And then come right back and yeah, not have to suffer the, <laughs> the advents of traveling. So I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, People talk about that. Oh, you know, it's, uh, the, the, it's about the journey and not the destination. No, it's about the destination. <laughs> I love to travel. Yeah. I hate airports. I hate, yeah. um, we've Great. recently been to, uh, to, to Kenya, which oh, was cool. amazing. We went yeah. to, to a safari. Great. Awesome. But it took us almost 35 hours to oh, come geez, back great. between delays and with four airports. I mean, come on. It's just no. <laughs> it was so draining um, yeah. and unnecessary and exhausting. And yeah, I would love to travel more. Um, but, uh, well, there's a financial issue, but even so, I haven't been too far afield because it's just the idea of how long, yeah, especially yeah. now with all these mandates and COVID and you can't take this, you can't take that and you have to go to security 10 times. No, it's really easier to be faster, you just, you know, just teleport somewhere. That, that yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, you know, think of the mo- yeah, you brought up a good point too. Think of the money you would save. Like you don't have to pay gas or airport fees. Like you just hop in and out. You don't have to worry about the line. You don't have to worry. You bring your shampoo with you, a bigger bottle or whatever. And don't have to worry about it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's a very selfish wish because imagine if everyone had the ability then that's true yeah 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 but no that's why we write books about these things you know, that's so fair dream of- <laughs> <laughs> totally true never thought of it that way that's awesome well, that's a really good one uh for that last one do you have any news updates promos or current projects that you'd like to share with us uh yes so i am um writing or rewriting a new book the obligate this was originally written as a sequel to Weird Gods. Oh, cool. And unlike Weird Gods, it's not going to be divided. I hope not. <laughs> Six months from now, or when the interview comes up, I'll probably announce, oh, it's too big. I'll have to cut it into. No. Um, right now, it's supposed to be a standalone, and I'm keeping it you know, at a reasonable word count. Um, so as a sequel to, to Weird Gods, follows two of their um, secondary characters, Seshat and Anubis, which are from the Egyptian pantheon. So there's a little bit of Egyptian mythology oh, cool. there as well. And this is going to be more focused on them because I, I just love having them together. Um, <laughs> every scene with them, and it's such a pleasure to write. <laughs> and it was part of, of the pro- progression. I'm going through all the mythologies. So anyway, it should, and this is a rough plan, it should be done by the end of summer 2023. But you know, until then, who knows? Yeah. Uh, I have a couple short stories, uh, leftovers from, um, from, from Timelessness, that uh, I don't know, it's not enough to do uh, a proper anthology, but it's, they're just a few, so I don't know what I'm going to do with them, maybe use them as promotion, but keep an eye on my feed since I don't have a newsletter. Uh, but this, I, I always announce on social media whenever these things show up on my website or something. And uh, yeah, maybe, hopefully, um, a full edition of um, Timelessness, a special edition of uh, time, time, Timelessness in uh, uh, paperback, hardback, don't know yet, but it's definitely going to be special. Okay. and very limited and um next year hopefully okay. those are the plans until then i don't know venturing to tiktok see him quit helped me out quite a bit so it was a lot easier having somebody you know help me out so <laughs> let me know i know quite a few you know people on there that you know we could connect you with too so you don't feel like uh-huh. you're Maybe the, the new haircut will uh, help with younger audiences. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My kids are always like, you got a haircut. I'm like, thank you for noticing. Nobody else ever does. <laughs> I go, granted, you see me every day and you have to. But <laughs> yeah. well, well, Susanna, I really appreciate you coming today. Um, you know, really looking forward to checking out Weird Gods myself. Um, gave mm-hmm. me, I was reading the blurb, gave me some, you know, um, some uh, American gods, um, Neil Gaiman, you know, uh, Terry yeah, Pratt, yeah. you know, a lot of different things. Sorry, uh, you know, uh, Atlantis, SG-1. Um, so really excited to check that out. I love the conglomeration and the stew, if you will, uh, that you put <laughs> together there. So um, I just do want to mention, too, to our audience again, our season two thing where we're really, really asking you to check out the description, check out Susanna's books. 
please make sure after that though that you if you are reading them which we hope you do um please make sure you are reviewing her products reviewing anybody's products audible whatever it is um and anywhere really that you find it um even if it's not on amazon uh, for our reader, or our, our authors, that way, you know, they can find more readers. It's always one of the most helpful things, uh, particularly for indie authors, but all authors. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Susanna, thank you so much for coming on. It was a pleasure talking to you. If you uh, have anything else you want to come on and talk about in the future, like I said, I'll be sending you an email um, and we'll mm -hmm. be starting to send out some dates. So I do have a mythology uh, seminar that we'll be doing with several authors. Um, so you're going to be three or four. And then myself, mm -hmm. um, I don't know why four just sounds better. <laughs> so we'll probably do about two hour sessions there. We'll split it up into two different episodes. So um, I'll definitely put you down for, for that one. Uh, so yeah. we'll be on the lookout for that as well as the email I'll be sending you for this episode. Uh, but other than that, if there's something I can do to help you out, you know, in the meantime, um, before this episode airs, after just, you know, uh, get a hold of me on Twitter, email. Um, if you're starting a TikTok, let me know. And I'll be like, hey, these are really cool people to connect with and follow, things like that. And, you know, we'll help you out as best we can. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I love this chat. It was uh, one of the best in interviews I've ever had. Uh, I usually get very nervous. <laughs> well, just, just, just talking makes me nervous. Yeah. And, uh, no, it's, it's been great. I love it. So I, I wish you all the success. Oh, yeah. Uh, with, with the podcast and with the book and with the you know the upcoming newborn that is quite <laughs> so I was I appreciate it I was a little worried my my mom because we we're naming him after my my father-in-law who unfortunately passed away before I could meet him but um mm -hmm. we my mom so we had that picked for years and then you know we're having a boy instead of a girl so we're like okay well Martin well, my mom was like, well, she does the name thing and she does these really cool little art pieces uh, that her friend makes. Uh, so they'll take the name and then what it means and they'll do stuff about that. And so she sends me, uh, I guess she was doing it for Christmas. So she sends me a message. She goes, oh my gosh. She goes, this is going to be the perfect name for your son. And I said, why? Because I always tease her that I wanted Ragnar Lothbrook and my wife <laughs> like that. So I always tease her. My buddies and I tease her. We said, well, we're going to call him that behind your back. Um, so my mom says, well, Martin means God of war. <laughs> I was like, sold. So she goes, I don't know how to, she goes, I don't know how to put that on this cute little baby thing. And I said, I do. I said, we'll put it in dad's office. And, you know, when he's older, it'll be really funny. Um, but yeah, so she's like, I don't know how to make that cute little kid thing uh, anymore. <laughs> so I laughed really hard when she said that. So hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully he likes the mythology like I do otherwise like it's gonna be a a, a long writing that my friend goes well what if you only like fiction I'm like oh don't do that to me I was like he's got to like fantasy and sci-fi uh you know at least somewhat at least one of the fantastical ones but thank you so mm -hmm. much for that. I really thank appreciate you. that but really yeah there's anything else it. I can do you just let me know but you know I'll other we'll than keep that, in touch definitely perfect. yeah perfect excellent well <laughs> Thank you so much, Suzanne. I hope you guys have a good rest of the day and I will send you that email and I will talk to you on social media, my friend. Okay. See you then. Have, <laughs> have a, a good one. Sunday. You too. Bye.